initial 53-man roster and other Colts updates coming at you right now. There's no better way to get better at football than playing football. So if you want to... Taylor's going to finish it! I've always been confident in my abilities. I think, you know, I'm a guy that can go out there and I always believe in myself that I'm going to get open and, and make the play if they throw me the ball. The third. Ryan, end zone shot for Pierce. He caught it! Oh, what a... everyone and welcome to the Colts cast we are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts he is Jamal Lawrence and I'm Eric Smith your co-host of the Colts cast ladies and gentlemen like subscribe and comment below if you are on YouTube of course comment when you know we get a few minutes into the episode ain't nothing to really comment about right now though look NFL cut down deadline y'all know what that was Tuesday August 29th we all we all know what went down that's where all teams had to trim the fat and get down to 53 on their active roster. The Indianapolis Colts announced their initial 53-man roster, and we want to talk about it just a little bit. Jamal and I will run through these fairly quickly because I'm sure Colts Nation already knows because it's two-day-old news. However, there's been a lot of updates since then, so we're going to get into that later on as well. Nonetheless, here's the initial roster. Uh, Jamal, you want me to just go through this? Yeah, go for it. Quarterback, Anthony Richardson, shocker. Gardner Minshew, Sam Ellinger. Uh, running back, Evan Hull, Zach Moss, Deion Jackson. John Taylor, of course, is on the pup list. He has to sit out the first four games of the season. Wide receiver, uh, we had four, only four. Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, tight end, Kylan Granson, Jelani Woods, Andrew Ogletree, Will Mallory, Mo Ali Cox. Surprised they didn't keep you know seven or eight more on the tight end group, but. Hey, I, I guess they thought five was good enough. Offensive line, they got nine. Bernard Raymond, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Will Fries, Braden Smith, Blake Freeland, Wesley French, Carter O'Donnell, Arlington Hambright. Defensive light, uh, defensive line, they did carry 10. Forrest Buckner, Grover Stewart, Critty Pay, Dio Dangbo, Samson Abukum, Adetamwa Adabare, Taekwon Lewis, Eric Johnson second, Telvin Agam, and Taven Bryan. All right, let's see. We got four more groups, five more groups. Linebackers, Skill Leonard, Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed, Grant Stewart, Cameron McGrone, Seguin Olubi. Cornerback, Darrell Baker Jr., Dallas Flowers, Kenny Moore the second, Julius Brents, Jalen Jones, Tony Brown. Safety, Rodney Thomas, Julian Blackman, Nick Cross, Trevor Dembo, and special teams, Mike Gay, Rigoberto Sanchez, and Luke Rhodes. So that was the initial 53-man roster. Now, they did some moves, I think, a day later. I think uh, they claimed a tackle, Ryan Hayes, a defensive end, Isaiah Land, and guard Josh Sills off waivers. So once the waiver wire hit, Colts were fourth in line for that, so they, they got to select some players. Uh, in that uh, waiver claim, they did waive McTelvin Agam and Carter O'Donnell. They also released Isaiah McKenzie to – you know, sign him back later on. Uh, I don't really know why they did that. Um, I, I forget why. I think I read about it, but I, I didn't quite understand why they had to do that. Um, but yeah, that is our 53-man roster. Uh, Jamal, what are some surprises that you saw on there? Uh, you know, I, I really think the biggest one, um, and, you know, it's kind of, kind of been a shock to everybody was the, the cornerback group, Darius Rush. I mean, Darius Rush mm. no longer on the team when he, when he initially, you know, got, uh, got cut, 
I, I said, oh, maybe they'll get him back on the practice squad. Maybe they'll figure something out. But, you know, Kansas City wasted how much time? Zero time to get him. They they scooped him up like a ground ball immediately. Um, so I'm happy for him. You know, obviously sucks he's not on our squad. But uh, good for him to still be in the league and, and going to get a chance someplace else. And I just, I don't know. I felt like it was promising for him. I know he had some some issues he had to work on. We saw him get burned a couple times uh, during some of the preseason games. But we also saw him get two pick six, one in the game and then one in a or I guess two interceptions, one pick six in the in the practice and another interception in the game. So we've we saw those small flashes from him. So I was kind of upset to see him. And of course, he's a hometown dude straight out of uh, Carolina, USC. So we wanted to see him remain on the team. But Chris Ballard alluded to this a little bit, which we'll get into later on. We talk a little bit about the presser that Jalen Jones is the reason why Darius Rush is gone. He just believes in him that much. He's just that excited about him. So, I mean, it sounds like he just got beat out. Tony Brown also made it. Mm -hmm. So he got beat out by Tony Brown. Yeah, I was highly shocked at this. However, putting my Gamecock bias aside, I, I said this another episode. I said there, there was a reason why people weren't really talking about Darius Rush as much as Cam Smith. Um, of course, Cam Smith was, was the better corner to me. Uh, a lot of people were saying Darius Rush was a steal in the draft, you know, as soon as we drafted him. I wanted to pump the brakes on that a little bit. You know, he fell to the fifth round for a reason. Uh, of course, Josh Downs, when we talk about steal the draft, I really thought Josh Downs was. Um, and it's it's it seems pretty evident in training camp uh in preseason that that he he might be that guy. But I, I was never I, I was pumping the brakes on Darius Rush. I I didn't I wasn't sure about him just yet. Um, but still shocking that six other cornerbacks beat him out. Um yeah, uh, other than that. I think everything was pretty standard. Um, you know, the wide receiver group is is pretty thin. So I guess we're running like three or four tight end sets in the future. <laughs> going on, but they got to do something about that group. Um, but yeah, it it seems pretty, pretty standard for me. Um, I would have to say one of the biggest news that day was – Jonathan Taylor not getting traded. Mm -hmm. So Captain right back there. He stayed in that intro video for now. Um, and Eric, you know, <laughs> everybody's gonna say something. I know, I know y'all gonna say it, man. But like you said, uh, kept the jersey back there. He's in the intro video, and it's so funny, Eric, because so I have a Colts calendar, and I was actually flipping through because tomorrow's September. And so when I flipped it to September, look what happens to be Mr. September oh, himself. Boy. Okay. Mr. September. Jeez. And this reads, it reads, Jonathan Taylor became the youngest player in NFL history with at least 2,000 scrimmage yards, 2171, and 20 scrimmage touchdowns, 20 in a single season. Gosh, can we forget that? Can we forget that? Listen, I didn't plan this out. This ain't 2022. This is a 2023 Indianapolis Colts calendar. <laughs> happens to be Mr. September right on time for the uh, for the no trade. So this is what it is, right? Wow. Quite <laughs> a coincidence, huh? That's right? awesome. <laughs> That's actually awesome. But yeah, he did not get traded. Um, I think I had a bold prediction that he would. Um, of course, that didn't happen. But all the reports, it seemed like that we were getting beforehand were false because mm -hmm. like supposedly the Dolphins and Colts were never close. Like I, I heard the Colts. <laughs> They were trying to, so the Dolphins were trying to offer like a third round pick for Jonathan Taylor. They were like, hmm, 
How about you throw in Christian Wilkins and Jalen Waddle, and also another second round pick for Jonathan Taylor? Yo, what? <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true, but they, yeah, they would have never given up Jalen Waddle. Um, no. that that was crazy. But we also found out, and I think this was confirmed by Zach Hicks, but the relationship started going downhill in November of last season when he was rushed back onto the field with a bad ankle by uh, none other than Jeff Saturday. Mm, pressure jump, pressure on, you know, from an interim head coach. Got to win now, right? Mm-hmm. Got to prove to everybody I can coach. I got the – I don't need experience. I can do this. I'm one of the that's, best that's, centers ever. That's because they put high schoolers in, in games and they still hurt no matter what. So, of course, they only had high school experience. You're going to do some high school stuff, man. That's all that was. <laughs> hey. Yeah, so supposedly there's been bad blood since then. Like, he's he's been pretty upset, which, you know, I've been oblivious to. But I don't know, Jamal. I, I, I guess he's going to sit out. So, technically, he still can get traded. That was mm-hmm. just like a Colts deadline. He technically could get still get traded, but I don't think any team's gonna throw in any anything for him. Not for a running back, right? Yeah, I, I don't think so. Especially, I mean, what he's gonna in a perfect world, he only have four weeks to come in and prove himself. Uh, you know, before reaching that trade deadline, because I think it's October the 31st. So he'll have this first four weeks off, then have four weeks to come in and prove himself. And I mean, I I, I think his stock definitely goes down a little bit by the time that comes, just because. I mean, it could be it cannot be so hot for you when you come in there. And then, two, you know, it's kind of like the excitement dies down, just like anything else. When something's brand new, you want it right then. But as time goes on, it kind of the excitement and the hype dies down. So you're not willing to do as much for it. So I think that that'll happen, too. And it probably will uh, probably hurt him a little bit as well, knowing that what Chris Ballard asked for, because he has zero intentions of trading him. Other teams know I'm not even going to entertain, you know, calling over there if they're asking for you know, all this ridiculous stuff, plus I still have to pay JT. So, yeah, I think that ship kind of sailed. It sounds like, yeah, the Colts didn't really have any intentions of training him, but they were entertaining the the offers. They wanted to see mm-hmm. what his true value was because, honestly, I don't really think JT has much leverage in this situation. Shoot, they could end up they, they can end up tagging him next year. You know, I, I don't know. They, they, they can do whatever they want, it seems like. I'm hoping they get a deal done. That would be nice to get an extension for JT. Yeah. But, you know, we got to see the running back market elevate or he's not going to get what him and his agent really wants. So, oh, well. Hey, but he'll be back, you know, week five. Oh, yeah. He's got to oh, yeah. grind for that contract. So. He does. And and I think he will. I mean, I think once once the – obviously, I feel like the air is probably never going to get fully cleared out here. I mean – call it what you want we can sit here and say and this is where people probably will probably get annoyed uh with more so me than than the the whole grand scheme of things because i can we can sit here and say that jeff saturday rushed jt back we can say that whatever the case is but as as chris ballard is the gm it's not like he wasn't there during this time he can talk to his players as a GM. You should be in contact with your players to understand what's going on and why now am i saying that this is jeff saturday's fault you know, maybe JT, JT, such a team player. I could see him saying, you know, hey, if it's best for the team, then you yeah, will get back out there. But at the same but at the same token, you know, if I'm Chris Ballard, I know this is my star guy. Why, why do I want to rush him into anything anymore with an interim head coach who at the end of the day, I'm more than sure the organization knew there was zero intentions of actually hiring this guy on to be the next head coach of the team. 
So I don't know. You know, I I, I like I my biggest gripe I would say about Chris Ballard. Uh, and again, I don't care if people rip me for this because it is what it is. But Chris Ballard hides behind the podium all the time until it gets so out of control and something outrageous happens. Then he kind of sneaks into there and says a couple things about how, how I feel bad about this or how this could have went this way. I mean, you're the GM, dog. Like, you got to be in there, the front center. You got to be in there willing to talk. And, and if you felt like it was the wrong thing, maybe you should have talked to your running back. Maybe you should talk to some of your other players, you know, before you decided to put him back on the field after this surgery. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, or after the injury. Sorry, I forgot surgery was in January, so. I I would say if you're if you're a good coach you you want to protect your players and if you know that player is not ready to return back to the field especially in the running back position where every time you touch the ball 99% of the time you are probably going to get hit you might not go down maybe JT explodes for an 80 plus yard run you're going to get touched though yeah so you know, with the bad ankle, I, I don't know. I, I just think Jeff Saturday, he he was doing everything he could to prove that if you insert me as a head coach, I will get this organization wins, and that means pushing Jonathan Taylor to his limits, even yeah. injured. But it also sounded like you wanted to segue into, into a little presser. <laughs> hey, man, you kind of got the, the wheels turning when you mentioned that because I do agree. I mean, I think that any any smart coach – is going to definitely realize the the threat or the the potential threat that happens from getting your player like that on the field. But that's where we go back and insert the fact that Jeff Saturday is not a coach, so he shouldn't be the one making these kind of calls. And if Jim Ursay, as an owner, truly felt that he could put the entire organization in the hands of an ex-center who has like two years of high school coaching to be the, the ringleader of your team, then shame on you, Jim Ursay. I mean, shame on you, because that's just the truth. Um First red flag to me was the accountability when he went back, when Jeff Saturday went back on his words, like accountability is really big to me, probably in almost any role in, in life. Like if you are not accountable for your actions, there's well, there's no way you can lead a team, but you're not going to progress in life. And when he said he, he would, <laughs> he would end things. If, if things went bad, if, if, if he knew he couldn't coach, like he was gonna be out of there, and at the end of the season, he was like, "Look, look what y'all put me through. Right. Look, could you look who y'all had around me? What was I supposed to? Like, come on, man. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't yeah. like that. No, you're right. I didn't like that either. Um, yeah, jumping into to Ballard's presser he had yesterday. I mean, it was about 30 minutes long. I thought it was interesting. I mean, I, there was some good stuff, of course, some bad stuff, some things that I definitely disagreed with, and some things I did agree with, as I'm sure most people. Um, I like to think based off of a lot of stuff I've been reading online, you know, uh, you shouldn't use online as your your main source, you know, especially people with Twitter fingers or X fingers, however you want to slice it. But, you know, sometimes you kind of get lost in those rabbit holes and you read what people talk about just because I'm curious to see it. Everybody's opinion. Everybody's opinion seems most people's opinion seem to think that Chris Ballard is just God's greatest gift to earth and everything he said in this presser was just was just heaven and i just don't agree i just do not agree with that and that's fine i'm i'm glad i'm happy for you if you have your take on it but you're listening to us you're gonna hear our take on it Ro roast tonight. jamal below in the comments if yeah you guys please are on youtube no please. i'm just kidding <laughs> let me know if y'all agree with them 
Um, so I just kind of got a couple quotes here for us throughout the entire thing, Eric, just because I kind of wanted to put some out there to highlight it. So the first thing he talked about, you know, he walked in and immediately started talking about JT. He talked about how he won't quit on the man and how relationships are repairable. So I definitely liked how he said that. You know, I'm glad he doesn't want to quit on him. I'm glad he thinks that the relationship is repairable because we know, like, that's the reality of, of what's going on right now. JT is he, he's kind of backed in a corner on his side as far as it goes from leaving the Indianapolis Colts. So at this point, he he has to repair this relationship to get the wheels back on track. And then I think Chris Ballard said the right thing by saying he won't quit, you know, and that the relationships are repairable. Uh, that, but that also means you got a lot of work to do. I mean, anybody knows in a relationship, if something goes bad, you got to put in a whole lot to try to right that ship. Um, and it seemed like he he was genuine when he said it that he was trying to get back in there. He wants to get in there here in the next couple of days when he talks to JT, try to get this thing going. Uh, but then he mentioned that JT is still complaining about the ankle uh, pain in the ankle, so he will be continuing to rehab. Um, and and I I like that he talked about you know the pain is not so much that he's injured, but it's just pain in the ankle. Uh, we know that players get hurt from players are not even at 100% from the day they walk in the field the first day. But from the very first day they walk in the field of training camp or the season or anything like that, they don't they their percentage only goes down. I mean, as week in week go, goes out, you get hit, you're going to continue to get injuries. The injuries are going to battle up. So, uh pain in that ankle means that there's still something wrong. And he made a very great point when I'm not sure who asked, but they said, you know, this seemed like a pretty routine surgery. Why? Why is it taking this long? And I really, really, really like that Ballard said that there's no such thing as a routine surgery because he is 100% right with that. Anytime you in, you put a foreign object in the body, it is no longer, you know, it's, it's just not the same. It's just there. You can't you can't sit here and say that something is a, quote, routine surgery because it's just not the case. So I like how he addressed that and kind of shot that down because I do think that a lot of people have been kind of getting lost in the sauce with that. Oh, this should only take four to six weeks, you know, on the average person X, Y, Z. Well, there are complications with everything. There are plenty of things you take that, that you have a, a adverse effect to that you don't expect to have. So, and we're not doctors. So and we're not doctors. We can, exactly. We can speak on that. I mean, we can, you know, read the facts and yeah. kind of compare it and stuff, but at the end of the day, you're right. Like there are complications. We don't know what he did offsite. We don't mm -hmm. know what he, you know, it it just we we really don't know. But Jamal, let me interrupt you real quick. Yeah, yeah. Because this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Today we're here with a sponsor for your bouncing bouncing bundle of joy. No, we're not talking about a baby. We're talking about your baby makers. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. But just like babies, your delicate little guys have sensitive skin and deserve products that are not only skin safe but made with safe ingredients. That's where Manscaped's platinum package comes in. From razors to shower care, this package goes above the gold standard for your body hair. So treat your beautiful boys to the world's finest toys at manscaped.com and use our code ColtsCast for 20% off plus free shipping. The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. They designed this package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite products. Inside the Platinum Package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0, Trimmer, Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Ultra Premium Body Wash, 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, Premium deodorant, crop server, anti-chafing ball deodorant, crop reviver, ball spray toner, anti-chafing boxers, and the shed travel bag to hold your goods while traveling. All essential items to your happiness. Literally, you could just take that somewhere, take it to a hotel, and you are good to go for basically all your hygiene needs. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ColtsCast at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped. And use code ColtsCast. Use the Platinum Package because the gold standard is no longer good enough. Uh, I feel like Chris Ballard says all the right things to please fans. Mm-hmm. Like He's not going to say anything. I don't think he really says anything that's going to make people mad, like, you know, on the surface level. Um, I, I think he answered a lot of the JT things he, pretty right. You know, he gave praise to Jalen Jones. Um, you know, that's probably the guy that beat Darius Rush, but even Tony Brown beating him out, I thought was was crazy. Um, says Zach Moss is expected back soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was on the field said- today. Really? Yeah, no cast on, I believe. Uh, I forgot who posted. On, someone posted on Twitter, but it was a picture. It was a video of him throwing and catching. So that looked good. Look, Chris Ballard to me. I mean, he he <laughs> behind that podium. He he he's that guy, and he, he speaks for the Indianapolis Colts, and he speaks in a way where uh, he's not going to piss a lot of people off. Now, it's what he does behind the scenes or before he gets on that podium that does anger Colts fans sometimes. And he sometimes apologizes, says he's wrong. A lot of times he doesn't. That's how I look at him. Yeah, I mean, I think the last time he apologized was at the end of the disastrous season this past year. Exactly. Where where, where our OC got fired, our head coach got fired, and he finally said, oh, sorry, guys, you know what? Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong. Like I said, after. It took that much to apologize. Like, that's no. Not how it goes, man. <laughs> this is not how it goes. Well, remember everyone was was asking, you know, y'all gonna fire Chris Ballard, and then after that presser where he did apologize, apologize, they they were like, ah, oh, I guess you know Chris Ballard ain't that bad. Like See, you know, he's oh, yeah. right about. I'm telling you, he says the right things, and people and people like that. I mean, I, I think. Like once he gets behind that microphone, Chris Ballard is like a top five GM. Like, talk about damage control, man. Like, you know, that that week, like the week every 17, question, yeah. When we lost to the Texas, they were they were like they wanted Chris Ballard's head. They said, yo, put him on the guillotine, all that. And then when he went on that press conference and, and talked it out, like the people were like, all right, yeah, he he kind of nice now. So I'm just saying he he knows how to talk. Yeah, he, uh, he, he 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 speaks well. He delivers fantastically. <laughs> that's usually how people in high positions are, man. They can they they're very eloquent talkers, and I, I'll give him that. I'll, I will always give him that. I think he is he uses a great choice of words uh, when he has the opportunity to. And you know the heat's on with that one. You know people are gonna come with the fire after the Texans lost. You don't have a choice but to be in your A game. Uh, so you better be. But that's still that Anthony Richardson, huh? And so I'm so glad you said that, Eric, because that's one of the things where I just I I can't wait. I am like as excited as I am for Anthony Richardson to be here. People are going to be like, oh, Chris Ballard got us Anthony Richardson because he got us a four win season because he got us a four win season. So that's not an accomplishment to get a quarterback like that. It'd be different than Anthony Richardson if if we would have been in this, you know, high first round, like, I don't know, 28, 29th pick. And you decided to jump down to that and then pick up him yeah sure but you didn't have to move a spot because the team sucked that bad last year that you got you got gift wrapped a quarterback so i don't want to hear how he got us a quarterback like yeah losing got us a quarterback that's what got us a quarterback yeah uh in a lot of fans perspective if 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 you're not competitive they they want you to to tank (laughs) to get as many losses as possible especially if you need a quarterback 
Yeah. Uh, if you need a quarterback, they like, I, I don't know who's tanking for Caleb Williams this year, but there's going to be a team that's theoretically tanking for, for that quarterback. Cause if Caleb Williams enters the draft from what I've seen from, from that first college football game, we've seen, he still looks like the real deal. So, but like, yeah, you, you tank for a quarterback and, I mean, in this case, Jamal, I I would say it worked out for us right now. You know, Anthony Richardson looks like he could be the real deal. We don't oh, know yeah. if he is yet, yeah. but we got our guy and we have to build on him. So, you know, if we, what what would have happened if we beat the Texans? I don't know. Draft could have been shaken up a little. We don't know what could have happened. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like to think that if, if we would have beat the Texans or if we would have just picked up three more wins throughout the season and people would have said, oh, maybe Matt Ryan can make another year. Maybe JT would have already gotten an extension. Obviously, we know that anything, mm. hindsight's always 2020 at this point because I guarantee with a 7-1 season, 8-1 season, JT would have been signed at the end of last year or probably throughout this summer because it would have been like, all right, well, we're in a good spot. We wouldn't have been looking for a new head coach. We wouldn't have been looking for a new quarterback and all this other stuff. Or if we would have been looking for a quarterback, it would have been a, uh, probably a day two quarterback. You know, it wouldn't have been as big as a press to to go ahead and get this top four quarterback or, you know, off the top four pick. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely agree with that, man. I, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where. It's a tricky situation. And, you know, and and I'm and like I said, I am super excited. I'm super happy we have AR. I, I love him back there. I think that is what the organization needs. But I just I just don't I just don't like whenever people try to like negate everything that's happened leading up to this point. We can't just forget about the Frank Reich era, the the, the every quarterback you know, the quarterback cares yeah. all this other stuff where, where value Ballard has you eating off the dollar menu. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that's, that's, we, be yeah, an yeah, issue. Yeah. that's an yeah, issue. high expectations last season. Like yeah. they were super high and we failed miserably. Yeah. And the, the, the Anthony Richardson draft kind of made us forget about that. Mm -hmm. It really did. And yeah, I don't want to give praise to Ballard for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Indianapolis Colts losing that last game kind of helped us. I think we moved up one pick, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, you know, we could talk about this all day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one, one other thing I just want to mention about this, this, uh, whole JT and Ballard thing, it was a question from, from James Boyd. Uh, and I really liked it, it was the last question as a matter of fact. And it's so funny because. When you when you look, because I think Kent uh, Kent Sterling posted the video of the entire press room uh, YouTube if you want to watch it, but James Boyd essentially just said he he said to him he said hey if if JT such a, because Ballard had just went on this whole thing about how the running back market is what it is you know but we pay great players etc so James Boyd said well if JT is such a great player then why not pay him and and I was like that's my dog that's, that's a question I want to hear right there. And you know what? Without skipping a beat, you know what Ballard said? And in my in my personal opinion, my personal opinion, call it what you want. You can watch it and see. But I feel like he 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 got offense. You know, he got offended and kind of got butthurt over it because he was like, we only won four games last year. That that that's no like you can't just leave that's it. That's not fair. That. Yeah, you can't leave it at that. You know, he got pissed. He got annoyed and wanted to shut that question down. So he threw it out. He just said we won four games that last year. And that, and that was the end of that discussion. So, you know, that and. That's where it makes me mad because that's the that's the ballot where 
He gives you everything you want to hear. And he had that in his back pocket to use it in a, in a duress time. And James hit him with a duress question. And boom, he played that card. And that was in the discussion. And there's what else can you say? I mean, you're a reporter. You can't ask him for anything else. He's a GM. He can get up and walk away if he wants to. What does he care? So that I don't know, man. I just didn't like that. I know. You don't like Ballard. I don't. And <laughs> rightfully so. And you bring up all those points. So, yeah, uh, I think people were getting on James Boyd for that question, too. Great and question. that's not fair to James Boyd because that is a good question. I mean, that that is a fair question. And Chris Ballard didn't really give a great answer to that. But, hey, look, we'll see, man. We'll, we'll see. see. Man. Yeah, that's right. Hey, this uh, is <laughs> this. Go ahead. Jelani Woods. Oh, yeah. IR. IR. So yeah. guys, our, our big breakout candidate at tight end is is going to be starting the season on IR. So it's probably going to miss a few games, probably first four as well, but we got enough tight ends to supplement that. Just a, just a few, probably while Moali Cox managed to stay on there. Cause I knew they're going to put Jelani on the, on the <laughs> IR. Moali Cox did end up making it Jamal. Yeah. Under done. Ah, uh, Anthony Richardson earns team captain status. Like that. A lot of pressure on the young man this season. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be right. I mean, he joins DeForest Buckner, Zaire Franklin, Shaq Leonard, Kenny Moore, Quinn Nelson. I mean, mostly, if not all, premier players on the team. Like, and that that man's what, 2021? 20, yeah, just turned 21. It's yeah. awesome. Get him in there early. I, he seems he seems like a strong, strong, you know, voice in the locker room. Yeah. He seems like he would be. So I'm excited to see what happens, man. Oh, yeah. I'm excited too, man. Counting down the days. Count down the days. September 10th. September 10th. Not too far. But we got some college football this week. So yeah. We'll be watching that. But next week, Thursday night football. I mean, we start off with the Chiefs Lions. Mm. Be watching that. Let's go. Let's go, man. All right, guys. That's gonna be it for us. Thank you for listening to the Colts Cast. We are live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We'll be back next time to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. See y'all later. Take care.